This is season two, episode one of the Sing Second Sports Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for coming back for another great season. Um, I am John Schofield. Uh, the uh, the Richie Sambora to my John Bon Jovi is Ward Carroll and equally as good of a guitar player. And joining us as the special guest, as always, is Bill Wagner. Gentlemen, um, I hope your Christmases and New Year's and holiday seasons were fantastic. I know we're all coming back fresh, uh, COVID-free, and hopeful for uh, the advent of as much vaccine and normalcy as possible in the sports world. Um, I'll just kick it right to you, Bill Wagner, um, as this is the podcast about Naval Academy sports for Naval Academy sports fans. Can you just kind of touch on what was... I think the biggest story um, in and about Navy sports this past week, and that is the scheduling for the spring semester and for spring sports on top of playing some of the fall sports. What can you tell our uh, listeners about the story you wrote about that and some other details you might have? Well, John, first of all, I don't get a musical analogy. If words, Richie Sambora, who, who am I? I was I was trying to think of good drummers. I was I thought Ward would like would ham and egg me right there. I couldn't I couldn't remember well, the, actually, the drummer for the Rolling Stones. It's uh Charlie well, actually, Watts. I, Charlie Watts. I was gonna say Tom Watts. Right. Well, yeah, I tell you what, I'm working on a story about a former Severna Park High basketball legend who ended up becoming one of the first white players to ever play in the MEAC at Morgan State. His name is Jim Gorman. And lo and behold, I found out that his younger brother is Steve Gorman, longtime drummer for the Black Crows. Yep. So I'll go with the Steve Gorman reference on this pod. I love it. <laughs> That's so, going deep. That's a deep cut <laughs> reference. Wow. So to answer your question, yes, uh, I am going to be a busy bee this spring because everything under the sun is going to be happening. We're going to have women's soccer, men's soccer, volleyball, golf, uh, track and field, swimming and diving, spring football, and then, of course, the entire roster of, of traditional spring sports, baseball, men's and women's lacrosse, uh, rowing. I mean, it's all on this spring um, check Gladchuk, I spoke to him for the article you were referencing about the Patriot League, making an announcement of how it's going to play fall and winter sports that were postponed during the first semester. Uh, they will be played in the second semester. And Chet gave credit to the uh, Patriot League commissioner, Jen Heppel, for really spearheading this plan because it is not easy to try to execute. And uh, it's going to be a strain on athletics departments. Like I'm thinking of Scott Strassmeyer and the Navy sports information team that always do such a great job, but they're already stretched thin during the spring semester trying to handle the spring sports. So now you're adding women's soccer, men's soccer, volleyball, swimming and diving. Um, who am I missing? Uh, that were not played during the first semester and are now going to be squeezed in 
to the spring semester. It's not going to be easy. The other element of this story is that the Patriot League has created these, these regional pods in order to cut down on travel and eliminate overnight stay. So in all of the sports, Navy is in a south pod with Bucknell, Lehigh, Lafayette, Loyola, and American in the sports that American plays. American doesn't play men's across, for instance. Um, but so like baseball, you know, and of course, Navy will play Army in all sports. Uh, just uh, they have to. So somebody can sing second. But uh, it's going to be strange. Navy's not going to play Holy Cross. Um Colgate. Uh, I have to get out the entire list of schools and who's in what sports because there's some schools like Boston University doesn't play a lot of sports. But you know, it's going to be strange, John. It's it's different. It's it's what they can do to get these things in, and uh, but it's it's going to be quite busy during the spring. Well, anytime a Naval Academy sports team doesn't have to get on the bus and go to number one. Worcester, Mass, and number two, Hamilton, New York. Those are good things. Uh, so Holy Cross and, and Colgate being off the, uh, the schedule are pretty big. Um, I'll kick it to both you and Ward here for issue number two, and that is while we're looking forward to the spring, <laughs> our winter sports are sort of a, an interesting representation of where sports are nationally. You have some teams that have absolutely canceled seasons. Um, you know, you've got some teams that have played only a small number of games and some teams that have played their full schedule. We, we record this pod as, you know, the Villanova university basketball team is in a full pause, hasn't played in like two weeks, might not play for another week. Um, but then you have other teams playing a lot of games. Uh, our women's team is on that Villanova side where they've had some run-ins with COVID and haven't played a game in a while, not sure when they'll play their next one. And all of that, while the men's team is basically having, having the best season ever. Um, so first of all, let's, let's talk men's team um, and whether you guys are surprised, uh, enlightened, um, you know, or just plain enjoying the fact that this is probably one of the best teams going. Well, I'll start off. Um, I, I thought going into the season, this might be the best team that Ed DeCellis has put together at Navy. It just had the the combination of talent, depth, um, nice chemistry. I, I just like everything about it. You got a, a, a go-to scorer and very strong leader in Cam Davis. You've got another very dangerous offensive weapon in John Carter Jr. And then you have nice complimentary parts. And the big thing for me is the depth, because I think that's something that can set Navy apart. And it's been something that Coach DeCellis has been working toward for quite some time. He's got that Navy, NBA, the Navy development team where he has freshmen playing JV games to get experience. And it seems to have finally paid off. And he's going 10 deep. Now, losing Luke Lair is tough. That, that's a big loss. Uh, you know, he's a veteran big guy. And what he brought to the table is he's a stretch four. He can shoot the three, which opens the floor as a big guy. So that, that's a big loss. But, you know, your guy, Richard Njoku, the Joker, as you nicknamed him. Uh, I love that. Johnny Scofield hit him with the nickname. Um, he's playing great. He's just playing terrific. Now, he's an inside guy all the way. He 
Richard's not going to make many shots outside of about four feet. Um, but, uh, you know, they, it looks as though Sean Yoder returned to the lineup after Luke Lair went out and he's now the 10th. He's, he makes it 10, keeps the 10 man rotation going, but the size, the loss of size is hurts with that's, I think Alec Lair really needs to step up and fill the foot, the shoes of his twin brother. But I, I love the team. I love, uh, you know, they, they just seem to like each other. They play well together and they've, they've got a determination about them. They, they do what it takes to win. They've had close games and they found out, found a way to win down the stretch. I'll, I'll pass it along to Wards, what you're seeing. Well, just to build on what you're talking about, I think all you have to do is just look at one of the video clips that either Navy, Naval Academy Athletics or whatever other um, outlet puts up, and you can just see a rhythm and a decisiveness that was not present in previous seasons. So I, I kind of put that at the feet of the coaching um, because we had the same raw talent in previous years that we're leveraging now. So that's a, that to me, to my eye, um, is, is what the difference has been. As we mentioned before, the shame to me as a fan is the absence of fans. And as we talked about last season, when we're talking about the COVID environment and the fact it was still ascendant after football season, and now we're taking sports indoors, you know, it was problematic that people would be able to watch the games um, we'll see if the brigade, now that they're back and they're kind of, you know, it's a bubble again, so there's no liberty and they have no outlet. So perhaps the brigade can be attending all of these games on uh, mass, which will help the team in terms of uh, motivating them. But we'll see. But as a fan and a resident of Annapolis who loves going to basketball games during these cold months, uh, I, I am missing it. And I know a lot of the folks in the community are missing it. And if that, feeling is heightened by the fact that the team is really good this year. Yeah, I echo that. And, um, you know, we were talking a little bit when we were interviewing Luke Lair about the environment in the arena. And there have been several times in, in the home games where, where the, the team has just gone on a run um, and, and they match great offensive execution with defensive um, stops and you know the the run that they made on Bucknell uh, at the end of the game they played at um, at Alumni Hall uh, was was absolutely amazing. It was like a thirty four to seven run, um, and there were times where where they executed a fast break to like punctuate a fifteen to zero run with a slam dunk, and like you just knew that if the brigade and Annapolis were there that the roof would have blown off that place, which a lot of us can say from watching basketball the last 10 to 15 years just hasn't been there. Um, I'll tell you what is also coming that hasn't been there for 10 to 15 years. And that is Cam Davis. Um, and I'm, and I'm a nerd on this stuff is having a great season. He traditionally starts off kind of slow. Um, but then becomes that guy who is like the only option toward the end of these games um, where he is just taking it over and he's either executing with a jumper or getting to the line and making his throws. Um, as of today, he sits at 22 on the all-time scoring list with 1,109 points. Next up on the list is Worth Smith, speaking of great big men, at uh, 1,172 points. And then there's Cliff Rees at 1,189 and then so on and so forth. But basically, if Cam gets about 20 more games, which would require them to get all the games 
that they've had so far um, or that are currently scheduled. And then they make a little bit of a run in the Patriot League tournament and they get into the NCAA tournament. It's conceivable that Cam gets 20 more games. And if he gets 20 more games and averages what he's been averaging, he'll finish in the top five in games played in Naval Academy basketball history, top 10 in points, and probably top three or four uh, in terms of three-point field goals. So really good, really good uh, chance for Cam to get way up there in the history books of Naval Academy basketball. So awesome breakdown of uh, the basketball program so far. We wish them luck as they go into another back-and-back this week before um, they welcome Army uh, for the back-to-back with Army on, I believe, January 23rd. We're hoping that Ward and I can be there to bring you some video awesomeness with Bill Wagner. Stick with us. This is Sing Second Sports. You're listening to Sing Second Sports with John Schofield, Ward Carroll, and special guest Bill Wagner of the Annapolis Capitol. If you like what you hear, hit like below and share with your classmates and friends. Let us know how we're doing. Hit us up on Twitter at WeSingSecond. That's at WeSingSecond. Now back to the pod. Okay, we are back uh, on Sing Second Sports. Thanks for sticking with us. We're very pleased to be joined in our athlete segment by Luke Lair. Uh, Luke graduated from Rosemount High School in Minnesota and attended the U.S. Naval Academy along with his twin brother, Alec. Um, on the basketball team. Uh, Luke is a senior and was just lost for the season after he tore his ACL, MCL, and PCL in just a brutal fall. Um, uh, So happy to be joined by Luke um, here as reform has begun and the brigade is back. Luke, first of all, how's your knee? What's the schedule for surgery? What's the long-term prognosis, particularly with your service assignment, which I don't even know what that is. So if you could tell us that, that'd be great. Yeah, so first of all, my knee is doing a lot better. Uh, it, like the swelling just keeps going down as we get day by day here. I'm starting to be able to move it to about 90 degrees, which is good. Um, I set a surgery date for January 29th, and it's looking like I'm probably going to need two surgeries. So that'll just be the first one where they go in and they repair my ACL, my meniscus, and maybe my LCL. And then the second surgery would be because I have I fractured some cartilage on my femur and tibia. And so they need to do like a, some type of graft surgery where they take it from some cadaver and then put it in there. So that was, that one's gonna be a little more complicated, but yeah. And in terms of service selection, I was assigned surface warfare with the information warfare option. So I will direct, or once I go swell, I would directly lad transfer to information warfare after my first slow tour. However, now that I had this knee injury, they're talking about maybe just sending me directly like straight restricted line into the information warfare community. So, yeah. Got it. Ward, go ahead. Uh, so, Luke, how how's the morale of the brigade at Reform here? Um, I've talked to a couple of company officers, um, and it seems like there's a little bit of, uh, you know, malaise and chaos already. But how, how, beyond basketball, how's the brigade doing? I mean, just in terms of like getting that, that break over winter, winter leave, that was, that was huge for everybody. And obviously coming back to the Naval Academy after being home or being on leave is always challenging. And it's like, well, we're getting into the dark ages here, but I think with like everyone experiencing last semester and all the COVID protocols, I think 
well, everyone just kind of like a little like eh, to be back. I think we're excited to maybe get the vaccine and hopefully find some sort of return to normalcy this semester. Is there, is there a end. schedule for the vaccine for you guys? Uh, there's nothing concrete. They're telling us maybe like end of February, beginning of March is when we'd get it. But I know that they're going to start towards the end of January with all the um, like officers and other military personnel who like work on the yard. Okay. So, so you guys are, you're in a staggered ISO period um, and, and then academics start on the 19th, I understand? Yep, that's correct. Okay. And Liberty, there's that's not a thing currently? Yeah, as of now, that is not a thing, but hopefully hopefully we'll get there. Okay, okay, great. So Luke, um, it, there's been a couple, there were a couple of stories about MIDs, the same MIDs who were living over at St. John's now getting to live either with their sponsors or if they're in like a tight enough circle uh, geographically close to the Naval Academy, they'll be able to live at home. Do, do you like, does that apply to anyone, you know, in your company or how has that been managed? How many people are living out yeah. there like with sponsors? So it's like, there's like select like first class and second class midshipmen. It's not necessarily just the kids who are at St. John's it's just because we no longer have like St. John's like open to mids to like stay there. So Actually, one of my one of my roommates is doing that because he actually lives on the yard, so it's great. He's just moving into his house on the yard, but um, it's actually like really interesting how that's gonna work out because you have people staying either at their house or at their sponsors. I know of some people who like are doing like a like an Airbnb thing where they got like like five guys or something, and they're all renting this house for the for the semester. So I mean, it's kind of a sweet deal if you can if you have a car and can kind of work it out. I know that Ward Carroll uh, has sponsored mids in the past. And I know for a fact that if he had a mid living in his house, he'd be doing like morning uniform inspections, you know, making sure that the hospital corners are on the bed. Like <laughs> Ward's a toughie. Those, those backseaters, they're, they're not to be messed with. Yeah. I thought you knew me. Um, so, um, so Luke, let's, let's shift to basketball. Um, let me ask you to put your, analysis hat on what do you think has been the keys to success for uh this really nice season so far honestly i think it's like our our team chemistry like i've been here first obviously my my fourth year here and i think of all the teams i've been a part of like this is the one where it just feels like we're a team i think that that starts with obviously our great leadership and our captain and camp davis and me and my brother as well and then having some of the juniors who've been playing since their freshman year we have like a lot of experience and i think that experience plus just how we like gel together and like we're all like really close and it's not necessarily this year like we're like playing for each other we're like trying to play for good stuff or we are playing for each other sorry it's not like we're really trying to play for ourselves and like play to get good stats it's like we're stepping on the court and we're like playing for our brothers out there I think that's just the, the biggest thing I noticed yeah it feels like that and is there any plan for the brigade to be able to not to mention civilians to be able to attend the games that you know about because it just seems a shame that we have this fantastic team this year and, yeah. and nobody can be there. I mean, as of now, there, there's no plans. I know that for our first game, actually, they, they were allowing some midshipmen to, to come to our veterans classic game. So hopefully once the brigades out of, out of quarantine here and, and they're a ROM period, that maybe they'll like start allowing like a couple fans to come in and obviously stay good seating, but hopefully that, that happens. Well, I mean, that would seem reasonable if you've created a bubble, yeah. right? What, what does it matter then at that point? Exactly. I think that would be a nice diversion for people who are otherwise, you know, 
getting a little bit Lord of the Flies like happened last semester, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully they'll be able to do that. So Luke, um, from a from your own personal standpoint, I, I had either been or watched every single game you guys have played this year, and I echo what Ward said. I mean. What an impressive team, the leadership of Cam, the spot minutes and really clutch play from everyone from the Joku to Summers. Um, you can go games with John Carter getting nothing and you can go games with Carter getting 18 points and it's still resulting in wins. You've beaten Bucknell now five straight times, which yeah. as someone who follows the program, I <laughs> never thought I would ever see that happen. But for you, your minutes and your contributions were so clutch, particularly in a couple of games on a personal level. Did, did you really feel like you would turn the corner and you were going to be logging like substantive minutes on a potential Patriot league championship team this year? Yeah. That's why it's really unfortunate that like I heard in that bug now game. Cause I really felt like, especially like starting off this season, I was like really hitting my stride. I was getting really confident, like probably like the most confident I've ever felt in my time at Navy was like this season even though I did start last year, but just coming off the bench here, I was, I was really like turning a corner and I was going to start, start getting some, some major minutes. And I thought I could really help this team, but not just unfortunate that the injury happened, but I guess that's life. Yeah. You had five, five points, pretty clutch points against Georgetown. You had seven points on three of four shooting uh, against a very, very good university of Maryland team. That's, that's mm-hmm. turned around and beaten Wisconsin on the road and Illinois on the road. For you, you know, looking back at all the games you've played in four years, and this is my last question, and we'll let you get back to, to roaming and getting ready for the beginning of the act year. But, yeah. you know, at, at all of the people who have come in for the Veterans Classic or the win against Georgetown or, the, or playing a really tough Maryland team this year, what, what's going to be that game or those couple of games that you really remember going forward in your career? I think – my like two favorite games were actually last year. It was the Vets Classic against ECU. And that game, that was just one of my favorite games to play in. It was the first game of the year. My uh, brother actually got to play that game too. So that was really fun. I think I was like three for three from three or something like that, which made it even better. And then my like next favorite game was, was playing at UVA last year. We, we gave them a hell of a game and being able to just like play in like that atmosphere was, it was unreal. So those are my, my two favorite games, I'd say. But I mean, if we if we make a deep run and get to the get to the tournament, even though I wouldn't play, I think that would that would top it all for sure. Yeah, I think it's if if Bill Wagner were here, he would say that it's well overdue uh, for you guys to go back into the uh, into the NCAA tournament. I'll, I'll give a shout out to Wags and his predictive. 2021 article he said that you you guys were going to win the patriot league tourney and go to the ncaa tournament and get matched up with villanova my alma mater uh so i would certainly be conflicted uh if that were the case but i know for for wags and ward and chris cervello we're, we're pulling for you luke on a personal level good luck with the surgery on the 29th uh tell dr leclerc to make sure that he has his wits about him that morning and to get you back and and running and then for the team, you know, just good luck going forward, you know, this weekend against American and then army next weekend. Um, we're going to be rooting for you. And if we can, we'll be, uh, we'll be at the press table. So we'll give you a little salute uh, when you, when you come out to support your team. So thanks for being on sync second sports today. Yeah. Thank you very much.
All right. Thank you so much to Luke Lair and good luck to him um, as he goes into surgery and recovers from that surgery. Hopefully that doesn't mess with his service assignment too much. Um, we are going to go to break. When we come back, we'll have another great interview for you. This is Sing Second Sports. You're listening to Sing Second Sports with John Schofield, Ward Carroll, and special guest Bill Wagner of the Annapolis Capitol. If you like what you hear, hit like below and share with your classmates and friends. Let us know how we're doing. Hit us up on Twitter at WeSingSecond. That's at WeSingSecond. Now back to the pod. All right, we are back. Um, really thankful uh, that you guys uh, came in and joined us for our first episode of season two. Obviously, as Wags talked about, it's going to be a very interesting and full sports season, not just with the spring sports, but then the fall sports. The schedule will be very packed. Um, so not only will it be packed for them as athletes and administrators at the Naval Academy, but it'll be packed for uh, for Bill Wagner uh, writing as well. So as we go out, a couple of the stories that I also wanted to talk about, first of all, and I'll kick it to Ward first. First of all, I was struck a little bit by the going pro declarations, particularly by Cameron Kinley and Miles Fells. Um, I know that there was another player from the secondary who entered the transfer portal. Wags can give a little bit more detail on that. But what what struck you about about those particular dec- declarations? Um, you know, as they took place, because quite frankly, from my standpoint, it, it sort of surprised me. Yeah. So I'll put on my career naval officer alumni hat and go when this that would be regular at an sec school or a big 10 school happens and sometimes you'll also see some social media posts like i've committed to navy you know not i got an appointment to the naval academy or you know we're we're not we're treating it as just another football mill you know, and, and so I, I I know that this is good in terms of getting blue chip talent, that they sort of give this atmospheric of this is a division one football program. So all you talented high schoolers, all you all state folks and, and highly coveted and recruited by the big boys come here because it's going to be just like if you were going to, were, you know, play for Lou Saban, whoever, and then you see these kinds of things, I, I, it, it troubles me because it means you weren't ever postured for the mission of the Naval Academy and a career as somebody who's interested in serving in the defense of the nation. So that, that bothers me because that's not what the physical mission is for, as we've said many times. Now, I want a great football team, and, and we know uh, my opinion therein lives in the public record and in the archives of this show. But that was my first impulse when I when I saw that. John, I'll jump in. I mean, first of all, it's a publicity stunt. Let's call it for what it is. And I'll, I'll preface all of these comments by saying I love Cameron Kinley and I love Miles Spells. They've been great football players for Navy. They've been great team leaders. And they've been great midshipmen. They've been doing good things within the brigade of midshipmen. However, here's the first bottom line. Nobody who's a senior declares for the NFL draft. 
it's assumed you're available for the NFL draft. That's that's the way it works. The only people that declare for the NFL draft are underclassmen who are announcing that they're foregoing remaining eligibility to enter the NFL draft. That's the only people who should be posting to social media declaring for the NFL draft. The other thing, and it, it, it goes right with Ward, yes, there is now an opportunity for Navy football players who are talented enough to possibly play in the NFL, as we see with Malcolm Perry. However, I don't think that that is anything that should be touted above the service commitment. So I I think the way this kind of comes off, unfortunately, is that these players are choosing the NFL path over their service commitment. I know that they would say that's not what we meant, but that's the way it looks. Um, I think the way what Malcolm Perry did last year and what Joe Cardona did and what Keenan Reynolds all did was they said they were, were ready to serve. They were proud to serve. They wanted to serve. And if the NFL opportunity came, they'd be thrilled to pursue it, but that they came to the Naval Academy to serve. That's the message that all Navy athletes should be putting out there, even though there is an opportunity to play professional now because of new DO Department of Defense rules. Um, that's all I have to say on it. Well, for me, and Chris and I have been talking about this from our PR professional standpoint, for me, the Cameron Kinley one really struck me as odd because the narrative in and around Cam all the way up until present day was, hey, class president and, you know, standing out as an example of, um, you know, of what the Naval Academy midshipmen should be, the balance of the physical mission along with the moral and mental um, you know, the it, it just seemed that he had a very devoted following of people, of peers who were saying, this is how it's done. This is the example you set. And then to come out and with no offense to Cam or Miles, but neither of whom had that Diego Fago, you know, star studded status. So they like the thought that they were going to be even in a conversation to make an NFL team seemed odd to me. But from a communication standpoint, it really just struck me as as possibly bad for Cam um, in declaring that because it now had people saying, well, you were like Mr. Midshipman, Mr. Like, hey, you're the example of everyone that uh, that we want a midshipman to be. And now you're declaring for the draft, which has this connotation of wanting to be out of your commitment. That's where old guys like Ward and I take exception. So I'm, I'm with you guys. It. It doesn't sit right. Uh, I don't think it's out there very well. It's not even clear. I guess, Wags, you might know better than, than we do. Are they still in school and progressing toward graduating and being commissioned? Or was that declaration basically saying, I know what I signed in terms of my two for seven. I'm no longer interested in that. And if I get onto an NFL team, great. But my intention is not to serve. Uh, it, where, where's the truth in there? No, absolutely not. As I said, it, it was basically nothing more than a publicity stunt, which, you know, again, that's counter to what the Naval Academy espouses. You don't 
turn the attention and spotlight upon yourself. Um, but no, they're going to serve. They're, uh, I, you know, the Navy will have a pro day in which football players will have an opportunity to perform in front of pro scouts. I do not know who NFL scouts consider a legit professional prospect. I have not heard any rumblings whatsoever about any current Navy football player other than junior linebacker Diego Fago as being a NFL prospect. However, uh, perhaps at a pro day or some other opportunity, players can show something that intrigues the NFL scouts and maybe they will get on the radar. But uh, barring getting selected in the NFL draft or signed as a free agent, these graduates will go on and serve. That's the way it is. So no, they, they're, they, again, it was a publicity stunt. That, that's all I'll say. Tracking. Okay. So now as we are about to go out, um, we, we do have to give uh, just attention to the other sport that is currently being played. Um, we talked about how the women's program is on a hold right now with COVID. We wish them the best of luck in getting their season back on track. We've talked about the men's team and and really the amazing heights they're, uh, they're on their way to, um, yeah, the, and, and then finally the, the fighting collats of, of Navy wrestling have been, um, on the mat as well. I know WAGS has covered a little bit of, um, of the wrestling game so far, but, uh, coach Kolak got his first win as a Navy coach. I know they've had some injuries. What have you observed WAGS as we go out about, the uh, wrestling program so far? Well, Carrie Collot is in the process of building the Navy wrestling program, and it's going to take time. Um, he pretty much inherited the current roster. I don't even think he came in in time to do any recruiting that would produce freshmen on this team. Uh, so you will see the product of his recruiting efforts and his development in future years. But his on-hands coaching is big time. And you'll see current Navy wrestlers get better under his tutelage. Navy has two ranked wrestlers, uh, Cody Tribus, who's the team captain. Uh, he's somebody we probably should get on this pod moving forward. And uh, Tanner Skidgel, who is uh, qualified for the NCAAs, uh, I believe, two years running. Uh, both outstanding wrestlers. Uh, they beat Clarion. They lost the opener to Pitt, which is, I think, Pitt was ranked 14th. And Navy was without three upper weight starters in that match. Um, but uh, not sure what this wrestling season will begin. And uh, I will say wrestling is very high risk as it relates to COVID. And so uh, unsure how far we'll get into the wrestling season. The EIWA, EIWA championships, which are crucial for Navy for qualifying for the NCAA championships, they're not even, uh, they're scheduled with a lot of TBA uh, on that. So it, it's it's still question marks as to where wrestling is going to go. And then the last thing I'll add is you talked about women's basketball. They will begin Patriot League play finally at last this weekend. And I'm excited to go on Saturday and see maybe women's basketball play for the first time and hopefully meet Tim Taylor in person for the first time. So. Uh, that's a big step uh, after being having uh, two weekends worth of Patriot League games canceled. Navy will finally uh, begin conference action this Saturday at Alumni Hall. 
Yeah, with that, I will take us out um, by quoting from the Navy uh, athletics uh, release here that in consultation with the Patriot League, Navy men's and women's basketball programs will host American this weekend uh, in a doubleheader on Saturday and Sunday at Alumni Hall. The men's game will tip at noon both days, while the women will follow at 3 p.m. Again, these um, games are not available to fans. Other than whether you're following us on Twitter, where we will hopefully live tweet and bring you some updates uh, via Instagram Live and Twitter during the game, or the sweet dulcet tones of Pete Medhurst and Mike Heary on 1430 WNAV AM. Um, and then due to the basketball doubleheader, the wrestling match on Saturday versus Lehigh at Alumni Hall uh, has been moved to 6.30 p.m. No fans at that one either. So as we go out, a very, very great return to season two for sing second sports um i will yeah because we are degenerates and want to talk about sports predictions i'll take us out by giving my predictions for the nfl playoffs this weekend i'm taking packers over rams bills over ravens uh shout out to my kiri there browns over the chiefs in an upset and the Saints over the Buccaneers in the battle of middle-aged graying quarterbacks. Ward. Um, I agree with all of those except the Buccaneers um, game. I think the Bucs are going to win that one. Um, but otherwise, I, I agree with you. Wags. Packers, Bucks, Ravens, Chiefs. Ah, oh, Ravens, boo. Jimmy the Greek? I'm with Wags uh, right down the line. And uh, I'll double down on the Ravens. <laughs> Fighting words. All right. Well, hey, um, in, until we can bring you more golf tournaments that we can make predictions on, uh, and that's coming soon, um, we will uh, we'll continue to give you our uh, expert predictions on the NFL playoffs going forward. Um, take a look for us on Saturday and Sunday covering the Navy basketball games. We'll try to bring you some updates or at least some, some Twitter comedy. Um, and as always, uh, please be safe out there, wear a mask, be, be good to your fellow human beings. And if you are around the Annapolis or DC area, um, this week into the weekend and close to January 20th, please be careful and please be mindful that there's some craziness out there, um, for Richie Sambora. And, um, I like, I, I'm going to go with Lars Ulrich of Metallica. That's, that's what, uh. That's what wags is for me, like a badass drummer. I met um, Lars. I, I, I mean, one of the best human beings alive. Right he's there. really a, a cool guy, actually. He, he Not, and like wags. He's a cool guy like wags. Yeah. And I'll be the James Hetfield uh, taking us, taking us he's out. He's less than a cool guy. <laughs> uh, just a reminder that nothing else matters. Uh, for Chris Cervello, <laughs> Ward Carroll, and Bill Wagner, I am John Schofield. Thank you for making episode one so awesome. We can't wait to see you for episode two. We are Sing Second Sports and we are out. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of podcast segments. 